And that's really what we need to equip students to navigate this kind of dynamic terrain to develop their skills to reduce unsustainable practices related to race and to use their business skills to proactively support marketplace equity. Welcome to Kogod in the Know, a podcast brought to you by the Kogod School of Business at American University. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. This season, we're delving deep into the heart of the Kogod experience, spotlighting our diverse and inclusive community. As one of the nation's most diverse business schools, our commitment to diversity stands as our cornerstone strength, equally matched by our DC location and leadership in sustainability. Throughout this season, we'll address the challenges individuals face in their quest to flourish and thrive in the modern business landscape and explore the pivotal role businesses play in fostering human well-being. Stay with us as these themes unravel, defining the unique Kogod experience. In today's episode, we embark on a transformative journey through the intersection of education, diversity, and the marketplace. Professor Greer, renowned for her interdisciplinary scholarship and insights, discusses her path that led her from unexpected personal experiences to the broader implications of diversity in commerce and society. In this episode, discover the importance of fostering healthy environments, ensuring fair chances, and building robust communities. Learn why businesses today must not only prioritize fair and sustainable marketing practices, but also champion social justice and well-being for all. Drawing from her unique experiences and insights from Kogod's innovative approach, Professor Greer sheds light on equipping the next generation to navigate and actively promote equity in business landscapes. Hello, my name is Sonia Greer, and I'm the Arlene R. and Robert P. Kogod Eminent Scholar Chair of Marketing. Welcome to the podcast, Sonia. So excited to be speaking with you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So let's get right to the meat of the conversation here. In the realm of marketing, your expertise, what is keeping people from thriving and flourishing? I can see three really interrelated areas that keep people from thriving. And these are the lack of healthy environments, the lack of a fair chance, and a sense of community. And I could give you a, a brief you know, overview of each of these. Yes, please do. So when I think about the lack of healthy environments, my research shows there's just less access to health-promoting resources in the environment for consumers of color. Consumers of color face different dynamics in the marketplace than other consumers. They receive more promotion of unhealthy products, pay higher prices for lower quality products and services, and often face constrained access to basic necessities like healthy food and medicines. For example, access to grocery stores is significantly lower for communities of color, limiting the opportunity to buy healthy food. My research also shows that consumers of color often face hyper-surveillance, discrimination, and disrespect. And this happens across different types of marketplaces, from retail stores to banks to doctor's offices to grocery stores. And so that's the whole notion of unhealthy environments. A second area that I think my research shows is keeping people from thriving is a fair chance or equal opportunity. Sometimes systems and individual decision-making are set up in ways that just do not provide everyone with a fair chance. 
My research shows the myriad ways in which pervasive race-related dynamics can negatively influence consumer well-being, but at the same time, marketing can be used to help make these experiences more equitable. So I think back to one of my studies published 20 years ago in 2003. We explored shopping experiences among black men. We interviewed them, not asking about race or anything like that, just what it was like when they went shopping. And race and racism came up repeatedly in every interview. I remember walking in the park listening to these interviews and just crying. The disrespect and negative experiences that these men faced in the marketplace was heart-wrenching, as were the coping strategies that they had to use to get the products that they needed and make sure that they got out of the store safely. Yet, we still see research finding the same thing 20 years 20 years later, about racial dynamics for consumers of color while shopping. And these social perceptions and attitudes are interwoven into the logic of contemporary marketing and business practices. So the lack of a fair chance and need of equal opportunity is an important factor that keeps people from thriving. And then the last thing I would say is a sense of community. People really want a sense of community. However, this lack of fairness in these unhealthy environments makes it challenging to have that sense of community between people. In my work on gentrification, we found that people wanted to live in diverse communities. However, we didn't see the engagement between those diverse communities that actually led people to these neighborhoods. And we developed this concept of faux diversity, which captures how despite having visible or numeric diversity, there's little to no interaction in those areas. And I see that many of these marketplace racial dynamics are just plain unsustainable if we want equity and justice in the marketplace. Yes, I mean, those really speak to me, especially the concept of a fair chance. It encapsulates the very essence of the American dream, which promises equality of opportunity. But when research, like yours, uncovers the stark disparities, it's a sobering reminder that the dream isn't universally accessible to all. And I think, you know, part of it is we don't really talk about race very openly. However, my research shows that race factors into decisions even when we don't acknowledge or recognize it. I mentioned that study from, you know, when I was an MBA student, an independent study with a class looking at why didn't we have a diverse faculty. I just did some research on that, um, I think it was two years ago in 2021, looking at why the lack of a diverse faculty? Why is this still so hard to make happen? And part of it is that race factors into these decisions even when we don't acknowledge or recognize it. Yes, unconscious bias poses a significant challenge. The question is, how can we address this problem if some individuals aren't even aware there is a bias? While we've made progress in discussing racial issues compared to the past, what are the next steps for future improvement? I think we're definitely better adapted, but we need more. I mean, there's a lot to establish around these areas. And one way is through teaching these issues. I teach a new course called Race in the Marketplace. And my emphasis is really on equipping students to be prepared um, for the markets that they are going to encounter. We don't typically talk about these issues in class. A lot of my students say, you know, I've never talked about the uh, the things we talk about in our discussions around racial dynamics in the marketplace. 
And that, I believe, is one way to prepare for a sustainable future is to teach the students around these issues. Yeah, you are right. Education seems to be the most important catalyst in affecting lasting change. These are very important subjects that you're teaching. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important because students that take marketing and other business courses are going to work not only in corporate arenas, they're also going to work in nonprofit and government agencies and in pop-up positions that build market opportunities as marketing evolves in all these diverse and innovative ways given technology and other improvements. Students are going to take decision roles across sectors where fair and sustainable marketing practices must be at the core of organizations strategy and operations. So Sonia, let's get into your backstory. Did you always envision yourself as a professor or was there a specific journey that led you to this role in academia? No, I didn't necessarily think that I would be a professor, but I have always been very interested in research. And I've also always been very interested in race. And I think there were things throughout my life where I made observations and at different points, they just came together to bring that race and research piece together. Absolutely. It seems like a fusion of your two passions. I'm curious, how did your interest in race originate? I think there were observations that I made over time. Um, I had some positive and negative incidents um, related to race. For example, I wanted to buy, I had saved up money, I was working at a fast food restaurant, and I wanted to buy a, a car. And I had my heart set on a 1966 Camaro. I'm from Detroit, so cars were very big and very important. And I called some people I saw in the trading times, this 1966 Camaro. My grandfather drove me to check it out and we got there and they said it was sold. And we had just spoken to them maybe 15 minutes before. And they said, um, oh, you know, it's already sold. We saw it in the driveway. Um, we started to walk away and we heard as they were closing the door to say, we're not selling our car to any black people. You know, so this goes in my mind and thinking about this is probably one of my biggest race in the marketplace experiences. And I'd say another inflection point came during my MBA program. Um, one of the popular introductory cases used in the marketing core course was on suave shampoo. And I remember sitting in the classroom and we were talking about consumer behavior. And of course, people say, of course, everyone washes their hair every day. Well, no, I don't, but I you know, didn't want to say that because then I'm going to seem like, oh, my hair is dirty or it smells or something. But it became clear to me at that point that most of the cases we were using didn't incorporate a broad spectrum of consumers or consumer behavior. And this really led me to initiate an independent study to understand our lack of black and Hispanic professors. And this independent study involved a marketing plan to attract doctoral students of color to the Kellogg PhD program. And in the next two years, Northwestern had one of the largest cohorts of black doctoral students of any business school, including me. <laughs> wow. Those sound like pivotal moments in your life. It's intriguing to consider the lack of representation in those communities you were part of. The question of diversity, or the lack thereof, certainly raises important concerns. And we're just starting to see this now. So, for example, a big issue is, can we get diversity in cases? This is, you know, 20 plus years from when I was in the PhD program making this observation that our cases lack diversity. So this is an ongoing issue and something that many universities and institutions are trying to address. 
Right. So what's the way forward in your view? Is it about making incremental changes year by year? Hopefully we can have change that is less incremental and that is much more transformative. I believe that is what we need in order to really have sustainable business practices in the marketplace that support human thriving. Absolutely. So speaking of representation, I'd love to hear more about the evolution of the COGOD business program and the diversity of the faculty that you've seen there in your time. Well, this is a topic really near and dear to my heart. At every faculty I've been on, when I arrived, I was the only black professor. This was true at Stanford, and this was also true at AU, where I was the only African-American faculty in COGOT for my first 10 years here. Um, I used a lot of the research that I was doing around these issues of diversity to try to change recruitment processes. Um, At the same time, COGOT was starting to look at these issues. And now we have five women of color in my department, which is probably the most of any business school. And this is a huge step forward. And that's what I mean by transformative change as opposed to just incremental change. Indeed. It speaks volumes about your dedication, Kogod's commitment, and the positive strides our society is taking. And speaking to that, I'd love to hear you talk about the responsibility businesses have in promoting human well-being. Businesses have um, a really important role in promoting human well-being. They are an influential player in society, and their practices have an impact. Along with the opportunity to sell products and services and create profit comes the responsibility to those people and communities that are affected by business activities. We see significant demographic shifts worldwide, which predict a very different workforce and consumer base all around the world. These consumers desire, and in some cases demand, that businesses take a stand on important social issues, and this is a big part of their decision-making about where they spend their money. And consumers aren't the only one. Research also shows that employees and potential employees want companies to engage in social issues. And even the majority of shareholder resolutions submitted by investors now encompass issues like race and other social issues. So it's more important than ever that business efforts engage social issues in order to promote human well-being. And from this perspective, the business sector has a real incredible opportunity to influence not just the business domain, but these significant issues that are affecting society overall. And racial dynamics and their impact on human well-being is one of these really significant issues affecting societies worldwide. Yeah, it's great when you can align the two. When business interests align with doing good for the planet, that's a powerful combination. Yeah. Now, I mean, many companies that are evaluating the social impact of their decisions, they show that they consider racial dynamics as a risk factor for their future survival, that they have to address these issues. So companies really want to understand how to engage race in ways which both create firm profits and marketplace equity without evoking backlash. Right. That is very well said. And that's really what we need to equip students to navigate this kind of dynamic terrain to develop their skills to reduce unsustainable practices related to race and to use their business skills to proactively support marketplace equity. Yes, this really brings us back to the importance of education. So, Sonia, I'd love to hear you talk about how you came to COGOD and why you choose to do your research here. Well, I, um, I was a visiting scholar at the Federal Trade Commission um, from 1999 to 2001. 
And there were two members of the Kogat marketing department, Michael Mazes and Manoj Hastak, who were there one day a week as consultants to help out the Federal Trade Commission. Um, and so I would have lunch with them every week. And I learned that the Kogat marketing department was one of the few departments in the country that focused on public policy and marketing issues with an eye towards consumer well-being. And I also learned that AU had a wealth of scholars and practitioners who were working to make the kind of changes we need to see in the world for everyone to thrive. And this was exciting to me. And so five years later, as I was leaving the Visiting Scholar Program at the University of Pennsylvania in Population Health, and yes, I've had a pretty diverse career, I quit my job at Stanford, and I came to COGOD, and I haven't regretted it once in the 17 years that I've been at AU. You know, really, since coming to AU, I have found people in COGOD and other schools on campus who do, who look at um, issues from 360-degree perspectives, not just one perspective, but interdisciplinary perspectives, practical and theoretical, and bringing those pieces together. There's also an openness to exploring ideas and topics from diverse perspectives. And the large number of faculty, staff, and students focused on making real change for real societal problems really creates an excitement that helps to support and sustain social change work because it's not always easy. Right. I mean, talk about community. That sounds like an extremely rewarding community. We just need to make the world a little bit more like Kogod. <laughs> yes, most definitely. I mean, it's really an exciting place. And with our emphasis on sustainability, we think about sustainability in a very broad way. You know, I think about my work, um, in fact, as really focused on sustainability and covering topics that are central to sustainability, but not typically considered in discussions of sustainability. If you think about how all of the sustainable development goals encompass ideas of human rights and social justice for all populations, racial dynamics across these different markets are central to that kind of sustainability as societies really can't thrive if you have racial inequity and injustice. In wrapping up today's enlightening conversation with Professor Greer, her profound statement serves as a poignant reminder for all of us. Societies cannot thrive if there is racial injustice. As we continue to navigate our roles in society, business, and education, let's commit to championing equity, understanding, and inclusivity in every step we take. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, and please continue to stay with us as we explore the rich tapestry that makes up the Kogod experience.